This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. A big weekend in Europe just wrapping up. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the It's Called Soccer podcast. Our Yanks Abroad had some amazing games that they played this weekend, and we think it's time for a good review session to sort of track how everyone did and sort of wrap up the weekend because, wow, some really exciting stuff happened. I'm I'm Tom, filling in for Jake today. With me is Ryan. Ryan, how are you doing? Doing well, man. It was, like you said, quite a weekend. Uh, So, you know, hopefully we're, we're getting this out on a, or at least recording it on a Sunday afternoon. We had some good consistency with that last year. So hopefully we can get that into place. So therefore, anybody that wants to listen, you guys can have kind of a more regular time in which you can expect the podcast to come out. So we're, you know, getting it together today. Unfortunately, Jake's a little bit busy, but it's all right. We'll fill in. There, there was just too many good things happening this weekend that there was no way we could let the time pass. So, oh, yeah, I oh, mean, yeah. I, I got out early, you know, got some got some golfing, got some exercise in on Saturday and Sunday. Uh, and then, yeah, pretty much just planted myself on the couch. Luckily, too, I've got a, you know, a treadmill downstairs and a TV down there. So I don't feel like a total piece of garbage, you know, just watching soccer all day. I can at least be somewhat active and then moving in for you, man. Everything's going well. You still on the ground or are you, are you fully set up yet? Oh no, I'm still on the ground. I looked for desks the other day and still can't find one in state college. It's moving weekend here. There's like 40,000 freshmen everywhere. So I'm going to wait a little bit to get a desk and just use the bookcase behind me as a backdrop. Um, but yeah, everything seems to be going well. Tomorrow starts my first day of graduate school. So Excited for that and really glad that I got a weekend to just sort of watch some awesome soccer because the U.S. players abroad, they were fantastic and there's a lot to get through. So let's go ahead and jump into this thing. I want to start off with the biggest news of the weekend and that's that our striker race is heating up. We had three man of the match performances to talk about here. Josh Sargent on Friday, Jordan Pifok and Haji Wright yesterday. Sargent with a two nil or two goals in a two nil win for Norwich. Pifok had a goal and an assist in Union Berlin's win, and then Haji Wright with two goals and an assist in his match over in Turkey. So Ryan, which performance stands out to you? Which is the best performance of the weekend? How do you feel about each of these three strikers after seeing such awesome matches? Man, it's it's really hard to say. I don't know if I necessarily want to say one one was better than the other. It's just a, an exciting time to say that. What we saw, and it's this is so funny about being a U.S. soccer fan, you know, is what you see as a problem, you just wait like three months and potentially all of a sudden it, it could be our biggest strength. For me, one of the ones that I'm most excited about was to see Sargent, man, to finally see him break through. You know, he you could see the momentum building a little bit, but that first one-two that he had for the goal was fantastic. You could see him, you could see the release, you could see the whole stadium in Norwich really getting behind him. Uh, so to see him really getting into form at this time, right before the September camp, like it would be crazy that he was called in in the initial window, kind of missed the rest. Is he just going to bookend this thing like right there in the beginning and then show up at the end? I, I'm, I'm cool that if that's how he wants, uh, you know, is, is 
I, I feel like, in my opinion, he's one of the most complete strikers that we have. Uh, so, yeah, he's started out seeing the ball in the back of the net, and that momentum's starting to build. Uh, I think with the performance, I mean, do you think, at least just for Sargent for right now, is has he really kind of cemented his spot in that lineup, or are they going to go back to old faithful with Pookie once he's, once he's fully healthy? I don't know. The Norwich manager said that he – could have played Pookie. Pookie was fit to start, but he wanted to give Josh Sargent that second run out at the nine. It's only his second or third run out at the nine for Norwich. And every time he plays there, he impresses. It turns out that he's not a right winger. He is a true out and out striker. And his match on Friday really proved that. I think the most impressive moments for me were not just his second goal, which was a fantastic piece of play, but the pressure he had on the keeper to make a deflection and somehow turn a shot on goal that very nearly became his second goal or a little bit before he actually did score his second. I was Greg Berhalter loves seeing stuff like that. And he just sort of seems to have the profile of a striker that Berhalter is looking for. So my big question about him is not his profile and what he can do. It's just his consistency. Can he do this for more than just two matches at a time? I'd love to see him get an extended run out of striker for Norwich just to see if he can keep building on this momentum he started with. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports, contests, and events with first-to-market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, even golf, and soccer. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports information, from live in-game betting, props, and futures. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's B-L-E-A-V-50, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. Yeah, I mean, we we definitely know he can press. I mean, for anybody that was watching him at Bremen, that's pretty much the role he filled while he was there. So it, he was kind of on a team that was on the lower end of the table. So it's cool to see him now in the championship kind of being on, on a top-tier side of where they, they're on the higher end of the table. Finally, hopefully he'll get some chances. And I think you you nailed it perfectly. Like, shocker, you know, he's, he's not a right winger. He definitely does much better in the striker position. So, yeah, to see the, the work rate – and to see him be such an influential part and the confidence you saw to take that second strike first time, that's, that's the type of stuff you want to see. I, I think if that, if he's in that same position, maybe even two weeks ago, he's not taking that first time. We even saw it last weekend. There was a chance that he could have hit one first time. He tried to pull it over to his left foot. And by that time it was too late. So yeah, the confidence starting to build. And then, you know, hopefully it's, it's definitely going to be, him in that starting role. And I think, you know, it, it could be he'll finally have that opportunity to truly be a nine. So, yeah, I mean, we can we can move it over to Sibachu, PFOC. I don't care what he wants to call himself. If he keeps performing like this, he can call himself whatever he wants. Go by not like go by whatever name. I'm cool with it. Sibachu isn't that hard to pronounce. That's one of the things that I've heard some people say is why he goes. But I always knew the understanding was was his mom, who's I believe his American connection. Her last name is Peafock. So therefore, when he dons the U.S. kit, that's why he's got Peafock on there. But did you get a chance to see the Union Berlin game and see his performance? I got the highlights afterwards, but no, I wasn't able to watch that one. I was uh, watching Reina for a while, and then I had uh, some stuff I had to do in the afternoon. But looking at the highlights, he just he looks like he's found the perfect fit in Germany. 
Yeah, man, it's so I actually got a chance to watch the full thing. Uh, that was like really the only late afternoon game that I was watching. Um, and all the doubts that I personally previously had about him, he's answering all of them. There was even times, I don't know the uh, other Union Berlin striker that they're playing, but he was actually playing slightly underneath it. When they were on the defensive side of the ball, he was the one tracking back all the way into the 18 a few times. So to see him really be like an end to end forward, we, you know, I think a lot of U.S. fans saw his lack of pressing, his hold up play not very good. But in, at least in this game, he answered both of those questions very clearly. Uh, you know, there was, uh, I think, on the second goal for Union Berlin, he literally blocked the ball inside his own 18 from a shot, which rebounded out. They transitioned to the other side. And all of a sudden, Union Berlin scoring. We talked about kind of how he's going to fit their mold in the beginning of the season. And yeah, they are a team that likes to play end-to-end soccer. They're they're a poor Bundesliga version of Leeds, which we'll get to later. Uh, but it, it's just an, it's really cool to see him answering those questions. And he fits a different role. He is that big striker that we don't really have. The only other person that kind of fits that role was another nine scoring this weekend in Haji Wright. Haji Wright looked also fantastic. He um, uh, won a penalty, buried the penalty. He managed to get an assist and score a second goal. He just, if he's scoring and sort of playing like that, it's going to be hard to leave him out of the conversation, at least. I know Burhalter sort of bagged on him last window, even though I don't really think he played that bad in the game that Burhalter was mad at him for. Um, but if he has the season he's going to, I think he's going to have in Turkey, then he's going to be in great form come the World Cup, and he should be in the conversation. It's almost like PFOX one year ahead of him. I'm, I'm not going to necessarily compare Turkish League and the Swiss League, but PFOX having an awesome season in the Swiss League got him the opportunity to now be playing in the Bundesliga for a higher-end team. This could be something that, you know, could be Haji Wright springing himself forward into next year. So will it be enough to get him on the plane to Qatar? You know, time will tell. It, it doesn't seem like he is really one of Greg's guys. But if we do want to have that end of the game, big striker, again, you've heard us push it a little bit. Jake has a great video out on how to beat Wales. And a lot of it is pushing down the sideline with overlapping fullbacks. And, you know, you need, that's not a game necessarily for a shorter forward, a.k.a. Jesus Ferreira, to be, to be in that position. He's not the guy that's going to be finishing those off. So that could be a game that we're interested in having kind of a bigger bodied striker in there. And we've got two guys already that are fitting that role. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we had Pifak, we had Haji Wright, we had uh, Sargent. I even want to add on from today's matches, hasn't been called into a camp yet, but is U.S. eligible is Balogun playing for Reims in League One. He's on loan there right now from Arsenal, and he's also been hot. There's some interesting conversations that I've seen across the Twitter sphere of some people that I think you probably know some people around the U.S. camp. Um, one of the guys, Edgar, was talking about how people that have been in contact with Balogun have said that he really wants to see how the U21s go with England. And I, that's going to obviously be after the World Cup. But is this a Julian Green type situation to where if he knows that he's got a, a shot to get on that plane, you never know what's coming in the future. Like, are you it, knock on wood, but an injury can happen to any person at any time. So if he's hot right now and has an opportunity to play in a World Cup, 
this is going to be my one slightly hot take of the of the of the podcast. And, and Tom, by all means, I expect you to push back on this. But in my opinion, from watching both styles of play, Balogun does everything Ferreira does, but better and in a better league. That's an interesting point. I so I would like to see him. I would need to see more of his highlights, but I don't know. I, I have a hard time believing that. I've just sort of seen him get bumped off the ball a little bit too much when he's played. Um, but you know, if he's showing that type of skill, then yeah, absolutely. We need to give him a call and see what he can do. My big concern is, will he take that call? And is he someone we can actually trust right now? Plus, can he learn the system in such a short time? That's another sort of piece of this puzzle. I think when we talk about Brandon Vasquez, that's sort of one of the things that we sort of worry about right now is he's playing great. Yeah. Could he learn it and be ready to go to come World Cup time? Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's important. I, I, you know, you don't want necessarily just someone looking for an opportunity just to play in a World Cup. You want a guy that mm -hmm. truly wants to represent the badge. And I think that's one of the strengths that Ferreira has. Ferreira clearly, mm -hmm. you know, wants to be playing for the U.S. I believe he was a dual Nats. Yeah, so it's cool to see that, you know, he's chosen, he, he wants to be on the squad. And familiarity with the system is important. I, I want to make it perfectly clear, you know, I, I'm not going to lose my mind if Ferreira's in the squad. Uh, I'd like to see him be a little bit sharper around, you know, in front of the goal, and which well in MLS this year. Sometimes, in my opinion, the time that you're allotted in those positions in the MLS can be a little bit more than I think you should expect to see at the World Cup. Everyone's going a thousand miles a minute in those games. You're literally playing like it's going to be your last game every single minute you're out there. So and you saw that today in, from Balogun, like he's so sharp in tight spaces. If you get a chance in the 44th minute, he's kind of out on the left wing a little bit. And his dribbling sequence is absolutely filthy. You can tell he's a guy that comes from a high pedigree. It's, it's something that I was very pleasantly surprised with. But, yeah, it's, you know, it's definitely just another name to throw out there, another person to kind of keep an eye on. There, there's just so many. It, the, the other one that you brought up a little bit earlier is Vasquez, who cooled off a little bit. I'm going to definitely, you know, concede this to you, Tom, and is is – he's still going to be in the picture for September or is, is he kind of moving down the pecking order a little bit? I think that he's still in the picture. He's still got what 19 goals and 19 goal contributions in 25 games. He didn't look great last night for FC Cincinnati as a whole. They did not look great losing to New York Red Bulls. So um, definitely not great for him that he cooled off a little bit, but I still think that he's got the chance to really um, be in this mix in September. And he's, Deserves a look based on his season, his body of work as a whole. I do want to see him score maybe one or two more goals before we sort of put the roster out, just to sort of feel comfortable that he's hot enough that we really want to give him that chance. And what I think is really interesting, too, about specifically Wright and Vasquez, both bigger body guys, but both also are guys that don't have a lot of familiar, familiarity with this specific team. But they're also both guys that played with a handful of our players that are currently starters with the national team as they were coming up with through the youth system. You saw that when Haji got out there and scored his first goal with the senior team. The, so if you're looking for locker room guys or people that are going to continue to you know, be on the same page with everybody else, 
Clearly, I think if you bring either of those two guys in, you're not going to have some of the issues we've had in even previous World Cup years where there's been a little bit of divide in the locker room. So, again, I everyone's going to have their preferred. I think we're in a position of, you know, I don't think you have to lose your mind with who's ever called in. Uh, you know, for me personally right now, it's and I think it's got to be at least PFOC and Sargent, uh, at least from a talent standpoint, I see them very high. And then Ferrer is going to be, I think, you know, the guy that got a lot of the minutes during qualifying. But if, if to put you on the spot a little bit, Tom, if you had to pick your three today, right now, doesn't mean that that's what it's going to be even this time next week. But if you had to pick right now, who are your three? Oh, man, it's tricky. I think Ferreira for me is a lock to be on the roster at least. And I want to see more of PFOC. So for me, it comes down to either Sargent or Wright for this next camp. Right now, I'm leaning right just because I want to see Sargent do it a little bit more. But if Sargent puts together two or three more goals in the next two weeks, and he'll have more goal games than anyone else to do it, then I think Sargent becomes that third guy for me right now. Um, my only my only critique of Sargent after watching his last two games is his consistency. If he if he proves to me he can sort of do this at the consistently high level that I know he's capable of, he's on the roster for me. Yeah, I think, you know, when we talk about profiles different, you've got you've got the big body guy, you got kind of the all around guy. And then also you have familiarity in the system, work rate on the we in the defensive side of the ball. And then also someone that's just hot, someone that's scoring a lot of goals in MLS right now. So all three of yeah. those guys, I think, is, is you know, a, definitely an exciting call in. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, uh, enough of the nines. Again, I think we'll probably have this conversation every single week until we finally know the roster. But uh, to be continued to, until next yeah. time. Let's let's move it on to um uh, another very important game that just wrapped up a few hours ago. Chelsea taking on Leeds, Christian Pulisic taking on Jesse Marsh and Brendan Aronson and Tyler Adams. And the game did not go how the pundits expected. Leeds with a brilliant three nil victory over Chelsea. The crowd was rocking. Marsh was applauded off the field with just ringing shouts, cheering his name. We had Adams draped in the flag. Aronson scored maybe one of the best goals I've ever seen Aronson score. Picked Mendy, Mendy's pocket and put a ball in the back of the net. No look style while celebrating with the crowd. Ryan, what are your thoughts on this Chelsea Leeds game? I mean, I feel like the only thing that they were missing a little bit that Norwich did better was, you know, a little Bruce Springsteen at the end. The, the USA chant you could hear coming from the Norwich Stadium. Love to see that kind of support for one of our boys. But, yeah, for Leeds, I mean, we talked about it after week one. And, again, I think this is going to be a conversation you're going to continue to hear. They are must ball every single weekend. Uh, you know, everybody wants to talk. Uh, you know, goal scorers tend to get all the limelight and totally understood. But I would be shocked. It, it wouldn't be a super hot take to say that the best American, at least, out there on that pitch – was times the dude was an absolute stalwart you know every single time Chelsea went to counter Adams was popping up all over the place I found it interesting that you know on corner kicks understandably so you know Tyler's not exactly the tallest guy in the world but he's the guy that hangs back and covers defensively for leads when they're taking corners um, and twice you could see Chelsea trying to spring on the count Sterling coming back which is a guy in one-on-one -on -one space with, with a lot of open field can make a lot of defenders really scared. 
Tyler absolutely stepped up and shut that shit down all day long. It was absolutely fantastic. You know, I, I don't want to make any, you know, predictions of what we hope to see in November, but I think it was a promising sign of, you know, if those two do get matched up on a game that might be after Thanksgiving on the 25th of November, uh, I, I think Tyler can go into that battle very confident. He was absolutely electric today. He was everything you want to see out of Tyler Adams. Uh, he, it, it, I, like I said, it, man of the match, I would not debate it at all if they wanted to say that it was Tyler Adams. But also Brendan Aronson just covering himself in glory. Uh, you know, again, everyone's noticed and they continue to talk about how he's a gnat. He's a pest. He never leaves you alone. And it's that full court press that leads play with that led to that first goal. Uh, you know, Mendy tried to do kind of the chop back when he had the ball inside his own 18. And Aronson being, you know, astutely uh, like aware enough to know, like, let me cut off his passing angle, but not completely leave my feet. You see that a lot of times where people, you know, will jump all the way up, maybe even turn their back. He lunged, but stayed on his feet and was able to pick Mendy's pocket. Uh, so it, it was really, you know, really great to see. And then also, you know, I think uh, Tuchel's got to be on the hot seat a little bit for Chelsea. And from everything that you saw today being so happy for Americans on the pitch, even when Pulisic came in, like there are many times that he's open out on the wing or sinking in the middle and just no one on Chelsea is even playing in the ball. So we talked about it on the last pod and this confirmed it today. It is definitely time for him to go. Tom, I'd love to hear your opinion on how Brendan Aronson is playing, you know, kind of starting on the wing, but sucking inside. How do you see that translating to the national team? It's an interesting question. Brendan Aronson, his role as the sort of, he was playing today as a sort of more central 10 for Leeds instead of his usual right wing role, um, which I think is his best role. I can kind of confirm today. He was excellent there. Um, We don't really play with a 10. So you sort of have to either say he's got to be, sinking back into one of the eight spots or playing on the wing. I think for me, I see it as more of a wing for the U.S. men's national team just because of what we ask the wings to do. They tuck a little bit in. They play in sort of the half spaces in front of the goal um, where they're not really go leading the line with the striker. They're not really pushing out wide. We rely on our fullbacks for a lot of width. So we can really let Aronson tuck in and do Aronson things and be a pest and press and win the ball back and – drive at defenses I see him put Koulibaly in the spin cycle turn him around to draw a yellow card fantastic I love that even though he's the guy who gives the ball away on the goal he chases it all the way back to Mendy and scores because he just doesn't hang his head he doesn't complain he doesn't get mad at himself when he turns the ball over he just okay I lost it I'm gonna get it back right now which is an excellent mentality to have so yeah when I watch him play, I think it really translates well to one of those half-space positions. The question is, Pulisic's not going to be bumped from the lineup. We just know that that's not going to happen. So does he start over Weya? Weya is hurt right now, which really stinks for us. Do we replace him with Reyna? Do we replace him with Aronson? Is Aronson playing at a level that you would bench both Weya and Reyna for? So I think we're, in again, in the position to where... You know, we talked about not just having a best 11. It's a best 15 to, to 20 now. Uh, but it's hard to to watch leads and come away from that and not want to see Aronson and Adams on the same pitch 
wearing a US 17 crest, especially too, if we're going to be playing a more high pressing type of system, we've seen Burhalter kind of transition when he first came in from that possession play out of the back. We're going to unbalance you with numbers and playing diagonals all over the place to where more recently we've seen kind of a, a little bit more of a hectic style of play where he, you know, wants to create mismatches by creating turnovers. And it's incredible too seeing, you know, we're all talking about Adams and Aronson in there. I think if you sprinkle in some McKenney with that as well, like that is a, that is a beastly midfield. Um, you know, I just got done watching the Valencia match as well. Still early on in their season, but, you know, Musa, not necessarily his sharpest game going forward, but he looked great defensively. We know what he can do going forward, but he even like saved a goal tracking back. Kind of might have almost been an own goal, but luckily it trickled wide of the post. So uh, happy to see that. I, I don't think, obviously, in the USMNT Twitter sphere, people are going to lose their minds no matter what the 11 is. There's always going to be somebody that's pissed off. But yeah, with, with uh, Wea being hurt right now and, and not getting minutes, obviously still he's, he's on the plane to Qatar for us. But is he going to potentially be more in that super sub role? With the way Aronson's playing, you kind of have to you have to have him on there. And again, if Aronson has absolutely beat you to death for 70 minutes and then you bring on a silky, speedy Timothy Wea, oh, it's I think you're you're good to go either way. There wrong decision. Uh, but right now, definitely with the way Aronson's playing, yeah, he's I think he's gotta be in the 11. And I agree with you too. I think out on the wing is probably where we can kind of get the most out of him and and fit our best 11 for each game out there. I, I So personally, I think Yunus Musa is down, is about to break out. I really do think that he is the next guy who's going to be playing at a Champions League contender going forward. He is just so smooth. When you watch the U.S. play, so many of our chances come because Yunus Musa does a guy and then beats three more guys, and all of a sudden we're in acres of space because he's just opened up the whole field. I don't see anyone who can replicate what Yunus Musa does. Even Gio Reyna... He does some of that, but I don't think he has that quite the same level of fight in him in the midfield that Musa does. So I, I don't see Musa as being droppable, even though I think a lot of people do. And if I'm not dropping Musa, then yeah, I think right now I would prefer Aronson to Wea, which is crazy given how Wea has been the best attacker that the U.S. has had over all of qualifying. Yeah, I... I, I... Being a huge BVB supporter and, and watching as much BVB as possible, uh, I, I will push back a little bit against, I think Reyna oftentimes does get a bad rap for his defensive work rate. Certainly didn't show much with the absolute just dumpster fire finish that BVB had this weekend. We'll get to that in a little bit. But even if you look at last year when he was healthy, uh, his defensive statistics were actually pretty good, and he was playing in the middle for Dortmund. Uh, so I, I am definitely a proponent in the middle, uh, but it, it all depends on you know what game we're preparing for, the style of play we're, we're preparing to go against. I think Gio can beat somebody off the dribble just as good as Musa, and those two are the top two for you know anybody on our team. Uh, but the one part sometimes that I'd love to see a little bit more out of Reyna is his ability to have that last minute slip pass through or to get the ball off his feet just a half second sooner. It's the same complaint I have with Musa. But mm. still, the balance teams that bunker or play, you know, play a little bit deeper against us, which 
I think we will see potentially against Wales and Iran, then we're going to have to have some way to unbalance it. If, if it's not with passing, then, you know, beating one guy off the dribble upsets that whole thing. So again, champagne problems. I think we're in really good shape to have these guys coming into good form, but we've kind of transitioned a little bit into it. Do you want to get into to Gio's performance over the weekend? I really want to quickly touch on Pulisic and ask how you thought he did with the limited minutes he got today and see if has this changed your mind? Are you fully now after watching him struggle at the 10, trying to, you know, find anything there wasn't much available for him. Are you fully on the Pulisic's got to go train now? Is this the sort of the defining point where you're just done? Cause it's kind of my point. I'm just, I've, I've cut it off. I'm done. I don't want to see him in Tuchel's system anymore. Yeah, dude, I'm, I'm with you hundred uh, percent. Like, I think one of the most disheartening things was you saw the passion and the smiles on the face of Aronson and Adams out there early on. Um, gosh, dang it. I can't forget uh, who the Chelsea player was, but Adams, you know, John a little bit right in the beginning of the game. Uh, quick look up here. Just so, you know, if anybody is going to go back and watch this game, I, I want you guys to notice this as well, because actually there was one more point I'd love to make on Adams as well. Uh, it was Gallagher for Chelsea. Um, Adams, you know, got in his dome a little bit early and they, and they started to get a little bit chippy, but again, that's, they have the confidence to do that. They're playing in a system where they're enjoying themselves. They're loving their football. So they're going to let their personalities kind of come out, uh, in the more positive ends of it. Now, later on in the game, maybe five, 10 minutes ish later after that, you saw a little bit of a late kick out by Tyler Adams, where, you know, when there's going to be a hundred cameras on every single pitch at the world cup, you got to be careful with stuff like that. So a guy that I've advocated for as, as the captain of our national team, I want to see him bring that in just a little bit, but again, I'm, I'm glad to see him have that spark and you don't see that spark at all from Pulisic there. There's no more, there's no shine in his eyes. There's no, he doesn't see forever when he looks at Tuchel, you know, he, I de I definitely think, he just looks miserable there. He does not look like he's enjoying himself. Uh, the Newcastle day, I think, was an absolute barn burner. I think it finished 3-3 unless somebody scored past stoppage time. It did. Um, so, yeah, and, you know, I think that's a team that is on the rise. And if they truly – they do have the money to support wages for someone like Pulisic, uh, I, th I think it would be absolutely perfect for him to transfer up there. Uh, and not on a loan, but on a full transfer for me. It's like you said, it's kind of kind of done at Chelsea. It's you know, he's it's when that relationship you've had for a long time. But, you know, there's just no more spark in there anymore. Yeah. And, you know, you, you start you start doing a little window shopping. And I, I think Pulisic is doing some window shopping. Yeah, I, I, I kind of agree. I think that Newcastle is sort of, I'm really warming to that idea, especially after watching them play today. They're not the Newcastle of two years ago. They look a lot better. Um, it seems like players like Almiron are really finding themselves. And yeah, it's really a fantastic landing spot, I think, these days. So I kind of want to see him be part of that new project and be one of the first sort of ambitious signings they make to try and push for top four. So yeah, it's it's really just depressing watching those highlights of Pulisic just sort of standing there in open space and not get the ball. And Tuchel, Tuchel's system just... Man, forwards just go to die in it. There's no one who looks good. Sterling doesn't look good. Havertz doesn't look good. Mount doesn't look good. It ruined Werner. It ruined Ziyech. It ruined Lukaku. It's just amazing how many excellent players have struggled to even put anything together in that system. 
yeah, even even Tommy Abraham excelling at Roma now. Like, it, yeah. like it's literally every single person you can list that, that's been brought in there. And watching Union Berlin play against Leipzig this weekend, I did notice that. Timo Werner is back to absolutely feeling himself, and he looks like a totally different player. And I'm ready to see Pulisic, you know, back to his old self and being confident. Um, but, yeah, you know, speaking of other guys that have played at BBB, I think it would be a good good time to transition yeah, into Yeah, let's, let's transition to, to Giorena's game. We have, saw Dortmund absolutely collapse. Two goals within stoppage time at the end of that match. Reina got 27 minutes in that game, subbing on in the 63rd. He looked bright at the beginning, but by the end, he really did look like he was out kind of for a light jog, and it contributed to Dortmund falling apart in that match. I wasn't very high in the performance. I worry a little bit that Dortmund's trying to rush him back after seeing how little effort Gio had. Ryan, what were your takes takeaways from this one? The only good thing I think that, you know, as again, as a Dortmund fan that I'm going to take away from this is Terzic is Dortmund through and through. So there's no way their head coach is going to tolerate this type of collapse. Uh, I think they were, you could see in the last 20 minutes, they were literally playing not to lose. Uh, the, I think it was the first goal that Brayman scored. It was kind of just a weak half-ass clearance out of the box that ended up going right to a Bremen player. And he just absolutely laced it with the outside of his boot up into the upper corner. And from then on, it was just kind of panic ball. And I think you saw the opposite when you were watching the Leeds game today. And that's what I want to see more of Dortmund. Leeds finished that game off. They learned from last weekend. And I think in a week from now, we're going to see Dortmund playing in a very similar light to where if they have a lead, they, it just takes one early on in the season for you to get a bit like that. I think will respond well and finish week in, week out after this. Um, you know, I think that Dortmund, you know, they've taken it slowly with Gio. Uh, and I think he's ready to continue to build on his minutes. I think, mm-hmm. you know, he definitely was kind of at fault or like not, I don't want to say not going 100%, but just not recover or covering his defensive responsibilities. Uh, I think, and that could have been an instruction from Terzic as, you know, you're going to be the the outlet valve for when we do win possession over. Because there was one or two times you see, you see all the class and all the skill. Like it's what just makes you so excited to love Gio Reyna is when he did get that ball on that outlet pass, he beats one player and bam, you are on the counter. And the person that's carrying that ball down the pitch is Gio Reyna. And everybody has the ball at his feet. Personally, for me, I feel like something really good and something exciting is going to happen. Um, so, you know, first 20 minutes back, we, you know, we've already said in week one, we didn't have any too big reactions from players that either had good and or bad performances. But just to see Geo back on the pitch and even get those glimpses lets you know how much class and how much quality he has. This guy is going to have close to four or five hundred minutes, hopefully maybe not quite that much. Yeah, I would say probably close to four or 500 minutes under his belt by the time we roll to guitar, which is plenty of time. I'm not going to panic right now. First 20 minutes back, but yeah, it was a huge letdown as a Dortmund supporter. You guys haven't gone to for the first goal, but I know it was past the 80th minute and Dortmund was up two nothing and lost that game three, two. I really feel it, it must. I sometimes I genuinely think I'm cursed uh, I, I grew like I grew up as a Chargers fan. They had a lot of talent, never won anything. 
kind of was a Padres fan too. They had a lot of talent. I got to go to the 96 uh, World Series. They never won anything. Uh, and then, you know, as I've picked up soccer as well, when I was even living in Phoenix, okay, I'll be a Phoenix Rising supporter. They always got to the cup final, never finished. And I'm like, God damn it. I got to stop finding teams that I love. I love to root for that like second place, never the champion, uh, but always has enough talent to get there. I know the feeling well as a lifelong Georgia Bulldogs fan. Um, but yeah, bringing it back to Gio Reyna, I'm, I'm really glad to see him get on the field and get those minutes. Um, I'm curious as to whether or not that was an instruction from Terzic to just not run at all because like we saw the flashes that was great to see I loved that because it just shows you what a classy player Geo is but it was very weird just sort of watching him slowly jog around you see all the Dortmund players pressing everyone playing defense everyone tracking back and there's Geo just sort of lightly jogging back down the field or lightly jogging back up an attack or you'd see a counterattack start and Geo sort of just trying to find the open space using as little effort as possible, which is just not how I think of Gio Reyna's game playing out. It Either he's got some sort of mental worry that he's going to hurt himself again and is not ready to sort of go all out, or Dortmund's physios are saying, keep it easy. We just wanted you to just sort of get some game minutes, get some game action without hurting yourself, which is fine in a 2-0 game. But the second that that game gets to be 2-1 or 2-2, then you start to have problems. Then you start to question the decision-making to give Gio that much time. I feel like if you're not going to, if he's not able to sprint, maybe a five-minute cameo is a better way to start than maybe sort of build from there. I, I don't know. I'm just sort of really questioning the decision-making of Terzic if you're instructing a player not to sprint to give him that much time in a match. Well, so the good news is, is if, They've got some get-right games coming forward. Uh, if you Right now, if you need a get-right game, the team to play against is Hertha Berlin. Uh, <laughs> and, and luckily, that's who is next on the fixture list for BBB. So I think we'll see Reyna slowly stretch his legs a little bit more and get back into it. Uh, and then after that, they take on Hoffenheim, which, you know, their, their defense without Chris Richards has, has just hasn't quite looked the same. <laughs> they, you know, I know that Chris was really happy to be there and would have gone there on a permanent if the, if everything turned out to be right, because it is a great club that you want to support. But, you know, those are going to be two very good get right games for Geo. And I think this is, you know, we will probably not even be talking about this game or this performance in two to three weeks from now. Yeah, I, I agree. So let's go ahead and move on again. I want to go back into England to another match. I want to check in on Fulham. Our beloved Full America has two excellent defenders playing for them right now. Robinson didn't really cover himself in glory in this sort of dramatic 3-2-1, but Tim Ream, out of nowhere, Tim Ream has just lit up the Premier League. He doesn't look out of place. He's one of Fulham's best defenders, if not their best defender right now. Is his name in the center back picture now? I mean... <sighs> I want to ask you that first. I feel like I, I've fielded a lot of them first. You take the lead on that one. For you, is he going to be in there? Because I'd love to hear from you. You're more in touch with some of our MLS center backs that have been filling in. The, Zimmerman, obviously, I think is kind of locked in. But Long is the other one that is always the hot topic. And if we're looking at four center backs, it, is Reem going to end up being in one of those four for you? So if I'm looking to take four center backs and we're taking two very athletic center backs and two Chris Richards style passing center backs, 
I have a hard time not saying that the Premier League starter who's captaining his club right now and literally every time he touches the ball gets a chance of ream can't be on the pitch. Like, his passing range is better than any center back in the pool. Second to John Brooks, but they're not going to go there anymore. <laughs> um, but he knows how to pass. He's an athletic defender when he doesn't have to run that much. I know we want to play with a high line, but man, it's really hard to just look at what Reem's doing and say that the guy who's standing up Mo Salah in the Premier League isn't cut out to play for the U.S. men's national team. Yeah, it's, you know, we've talked a lot about the midfield being crowded and how are we going to fit in all the eights that are that are in form. And, you know, now the nines are doing the same. And even our center backs, Tim Reed was a guy that after he got cooked by Linez in uh, one of our matches against Mexico, a lot of people and probably even myself included didn't see, you know, if we're playing in against a younger squad, like that's going to have a lot of guys kind of trying to take you on one-on-one -on -one, uh, and they're going to use their athletic ability to beat you. Seeing Reem get cooked there was, was worrisome, but I mean, talk about a guy with a short memory. It looks like he, he clearly doesn't remember it. So why should we, he's, he's stepping up week in, week out in the Premier league. He's still not a defender. I want to see, you know, get put on an Island and have to really defend one V one. But you know, to have a pairing of a left center back and a left back that are playing together week in, week out. You've seen it with other national teams before that have a little bit more camaraderie. I mean, look at Germany when they've won. It's like half their squad is playing for Bayern Munich. So when they come over to the or when they come over to the national team, they're, they're all used to playing with each other. If we could have two guys with leads, two guys with Fulham playing together, you know, at least have some consistency. We're looking at CCV, Zimmerman, Long, potentially, Eric Palmer-Brown. I was talking with a few people that are definitely watching more League Gun than I have the opportunity to um, that have said that he's one of the, the better defenders for his team. And then, obviously, you're going to know from all of us that we are huge Richards fans. He's absolutely in there. So you see us taking four, maybe five. Uh, you know, Sands even playing well as a left center back has the position flexibility. It, it's going to get crowded real quick. I mean, I think we could easily say CCV is one of the bubble guys, hasn't gotten a bunch of time, but impressed when he was in. Um, I haven't watched Celtic. I've been watching way more Rangers since they at least have two uh, men's national team players to watch. But yeah, I... Earlier before this season started, I was definitely willing to say, no, Reem, Reem shouldn't be on this roster. And I was 100% wrong. Uh, I fully eat crow on that one. Uh, yeah. I don't see I, how I, you I, could I, leave him out. If, yeah, you, if I, you need to have some more veteran leadership on this team, who better to have than old man Reem? Yeah. He's captain of Premier League side. He's a legend for his club. He's If they stay up this year, he's probably going to go down as a club legend if he can keep them in the Premier League this year. Um I, I fully expected to have him completely written out. I'm not even sure if he's an option on the community roster poll. That's how little I have like seen him get have a chance to get called up. But And I fully expected him this year to not actually get any minutes. I expected him to be a bench player at Fulham, just sort of a squad guy to sort of add cohesion. But seeing him start and be leading that line in a Premier League squad, I mean... There's very few leagues in the world where I we have a center back playing at that level. And so 
yeah, it's it's he's completely reversed his opinion. Or I've reversed my opinion of him right now. He's just changed everything. So I don't know. We'll see how he develops. It could be they've brought in some other center backs that he, you know, goes back to the bench here soon and we don't see much of him. And then it sort of sorts itself out. But yeah, as it stands right now, his name is full, firmly in the picture, especially Palmer Brown didn't have a good game this weekend. Well, we'll Aaron Long has not had a good MLS run of late and Reem was a Burhalter guy for a while. What would you think too of we saw Reggie Cannon get a chance to play in the back three where they were sort of rotated an extra midfielder into the sort of right wing back position um and ran sort of a three four three with Reggie Cannon sort of as a stay at home right back in a back three. What if we did that with Tim Reem on the left and did sort of a stay at home back three where we had Reem Walker Zimmerman and say Chris Richards across the back line and just rotated Anthony Robinson to the midfield. Yeah, I wouldn't be disappointed with that because, uh, I mean, you definitely have guys that can distribute then, but you want to have some athleticism back there to cover for Ream just in case he does get cut out one, one-on-one. And I think Zimmerman and Richards both can absolutely cover for him. Um, but on the other hand, too, if the passing ability of Richards and Ream can complement both sides of the pitch. Uh, so, yeah, having positional flexibility in the World Cup and having formational flexibility for the national team is going to be important. I think we've seen the same formations and the same type of runout from Greg that it, it I don't want it to be too predictable. Uh, I don't know if you guys ever go back to the 2002 World Cup when we beat Mexico. Uh, we came out in a completely different formation in the knockout stage that we hadn't really run at all. So to be able to spring that and have the talented players to do it, I, I think it's definitely something, a card you want to have in your back pocket, at least to make the other team think, spend a little bit of time during their training week as they're preparing for you, say, you know, hey, they've got the player profile that can fit a different formation. So I, I definitely think it would be a good setup to have Reem in there. He's earned it. I mean, if we want yeah. to talk merit, the dude's earned it. And then Robinson, I was able to watch at least the first half of that game. Uh, they just really wasn't much going on on the left-hand side of the pitch for them offensively. Uh, so he really just wasn't overly involved. It was kind of a vanilla game, but, you know, I'm, I'm okay with that. Uh, I was talking with somebody earlier. It's funny you bring up Cannon, and I feel like Anthony Robinson, a little bit the same, is, you know, a guy that he doesn't really make a, a bunch of mistakes. He probably won't lose you a game. Um, but Anthony at least has that little sprinkle to he can potentially win you a game. He bailed our ass out a couple times during qualifying. So, you know, for him to have one little vanilla week, not a big deal. Uh, hopefully, you know, during over Labor Day weekends, we'll really get a chance to see them against some high competition when Fulham take on Tottenham. That, that should be a really good match. I'm interested to see that one for him. Yeah, and interested to see if these guys end up on that September window call-up sheet. We know that Jedi will be there because Jedi is going to get all the minutes at left back going forward. But um, sure. yeah, I really hope to see Reem on that roster. I'm so happy for him that he's getting the opportunity to play these minutes in the Premier League and sort of change everyone's minds because he's always been one of my favorite U.S. defenders. Just having the career he's had, it's just fantastic to see him be back in this picture. Right, let's go ahead and move on now um, uh, to the goalkeepers. we got a couple minutes left. I want to check in on our goalkeeper pool. Zach Steffen and uh, Ethan Horvath continue to have very different seasons in the championship. Horvath keeping a clean sheet yesterday. Zach Steffen, he's really struggled. I am not happy with how this season's gone for him. They lost 1-0 to 
yesterday. He had a bad mistake a few games ago. Is Stefan starting to play himself out of the picture? So play himself out of the picture? No, I think, you know, he definitely has the talent. Sometimes I've advocated in the past for sometimes getting in with your national team is, is your get right. You're at home, you feel comfortable and you know, you're with a bunch of, you probably came up through a system with. So not out of the picture for me, but I fully agree with you hundred percent that it's, it's been two very different uh, experiences for them so far in the championship with so many games taking place. It's, it's so hard to keep up with all of them. So one thing that I enjoy doing is at least going through posts from the club and then reading through the comment section of fans that are located in that area. Um, mm. And at least the one thing you could see is the goal that was scored against Middlesbrough this weekend was from fairly far out. And it's something that you would want to see Stefan save. Um, on the other hand, when you go and look at Luton town, uh, the comments, anything underneath, they, they had a post with a gif of Horvath on there about the clean sheet and the local fans love him. He's playing very, very well for that club right now. They, they say things like finally, you know, in years past, we've had keepers that will lose us games. Horvath is a hundred percent dependable and you know what you're going to get, which is odd because the couple of times he's played for the national team. Sure. He's had massive moments where he's come up really big. Uh, when he's, you know, coming in to sub on and block PKs like that's to come in ice cold and to, and to be able to do that is huge. So Horvath definitely on the roster for me, but I think he's advocating and, and making a claim again that potentially he could end up being the starter out there. What's weird is does Matt Turner by simply like not playing at all because he can't look good or can't look bad. Does that elevate him? to the number one keeper spot? I have always sort of been on the Matt Turner train. I just think that, you know, playing with your feet is a little bit overrated for me in goalkeeper and sort of what we're looking for in a goalkeeper. I know that it's, yeah, it's a like very an accessory. Yeah, it's an accessory. It's a very important skill that Burhalter wants. Everyone wants the pep style, a Darrison goalie who can really, you know, build from the back. But if we're talking pure shot stoppers, which I think is much more important for me, Matt Turner is far and away the best shot stopper in the pool. So for me, he starts right now and it sort of does benefit him that he can't look bad for Arsenal. Um, and I don't think he really has a chance of benching Ramsdale right now. So we'll see in cup matches if, and in the friendlies in September, if he still looks good after not playing very much, he was sort of one of those guys who's getting very consistent minutes, which made it really good, easy for him to look good. So yeah, I don't really see Turner losing the starting spot right now, but if I had to sort of, build a depth chart of three. I think Horvath is number two for me right now, just by virtue of how well he's doing. And I think could push for the starting spot if, you know, all this time off for Turner is making him look worse than he has in the past. Yeah, unfortunately, you know, with Arsenal finishing fairly low in the table last year, they don't have, besides their Caribou Cup type games, they're not going to have much of an opportunity. I'd love to see them, you know, it would have been nice if they were in Europa in kind of a weaker division or a weaker group that they won pretty early on and then they can have plenty of time for Turner. But yeah, it's just kind of interesting to me that, you know, a guy, I agree with you to hundred percent that he's, he's a fantastic shot stop and had too many massive blunders, even with his feet, you know, he's not going to, you know, necessarily have moments where we're always going to break a team that's pressing against us. 
but he'll probably play route one with it. But that's safe. That's consistent. We saw what happened to Mendy today when you try to do that shit too much. So sometimes, you know, when in doubt, I'm not bummed when, you know, as long as they're not constantly doing it and then back under pressure every time. Turner, it's it's interesting to me that he's elevated to, again, back to the position of clear-cut number one for most people, understandably so, by virtue of not playing. I just think it's interesting that Horvath playing well, quietly, I think he, you know, at least with his club play, could be eking his way up that depth chart. So, yeah, as, as we're kind of wrapping up here close to a couple debuts, we want to keep this at close to an hour or so. Uh, yeah. Under so yeah, a couple of big guys. Tom, if you want to jump into it, we had some interesting players get some debuts this weekend. Who yeah. kind of stood out to you? Um, I wanted to shout out Chris Richards for getting his home debut. He only got a couple minutes in that match, but you know, shout out to him for getting another spot appearance for Crystal Palace, earning the manager's trust. I really do think that he's going to get a chance to start here soon, given how well he's played in his spot minutes. Um, I wanted to shout out Luca Della Torre for getting a few minutes against uh, Real Madrid for Celta de Vigo. It's awesome to see him sort of start to get minutes there. I would love to see him get a start soon. Then we got Matthew Hoppy getting a few minutes for Middlesbrough in that loss. And Kevin Paredes making his senior debut and almost getting an assist for Wolfsburg. So shout out to all those guys for making an making their debuts. I also want to shout out Joe Scally for playing his third straight match and keeping a clean street sheet. And he's now firmly put... Austrian international liner on the bench, which is an awesome thing to see from a guy who's not really even like pushing the top of the U.S. depth chart right now. We've got backups who are benching Austrian national team players, which is awesome. Yeah, I think we we definitely need to be on the Scali train. Their their admin is definitely pushing for it. There's a, a popular meme that's going around right now to where it's like a girl talking to her boyfriend and pointing out at something where it looks like she's probably, you know, trying to advocate for something. And, you know, we, we talk week in and week out about all these players. A lot of people want to focus on Dest and he's not even playing for Barcelona, not even making bench day squads. He's got to get out of there. Meanwhile, Scally week in week out just continues to grind. It continues to perform very well for his club. I like him much, much so I think if, if that position starts to open up a little bit more, Scally has definitely made his case. Uh, and again, we've talked about positional flexibility. He's a guy that can swing left when needed, but uh, you know Robinson has at least proven that he can go the distance for three straight games for us. But you know, hypothetically, card accumulation or anything like that, always want to have a solid backup plan. And then, yeah, I, I'm glad that you brought up Paredes. I think Paredes was... I, th I think we've all been scarred a little bit by young national team players going to Wolfsburg. So to finally see somebody break through, I mean, I think this is number four off the top of my head. I could say Yanez was there. Mendez was there. Uh, Michael Edwards was there. Brian Cayo was there. So this is actually like the fifth young person to come through Wolfsburg and finally to see someone breaking through. And he looked the level he's exciting offensively. Still just a little guy out there. He's got to get, <laughs> you know, got to eat more schnitzel than Wurst. Uh, some vodka tofu might help him out a little bit. So if he can put a little bit of that on, then I think he's he's definitely progressing in the right direction. But definitely glad to see some of the youngsters make their debuts and glad to see Scally continue that run. And hats off to the Mönchengladbach uh, admin for, you know, kind of calling out the USMNT fan base. Or not necessarily the fan base, but at least the Federation saying, how is this guy not a lock already to be at least bare minimum a backup, if not potentially a starter for us? 
Yeah. I don't know. You, if he keeps playing like this, it's going to be hard to keep him off the roster. He looks just solid. And I don't think he's, you know, standing out as the best player in the field, but he's just putting in excellent shifts every single time and just love to see that, especially at that high of a level. Was there anyone else that we need to shout out from a very busy and very excellent weekend of soccer? Uh, nothing else to shout out. I'll just wrap it up with FCK with another win this weekend, taking down Greuther Firth with Timothy Tillman and uh, uh, Julian Green on that roster. Terrence Boyd did not score today, but FCK, when I first moved out here, they were you know in the third league and this year got promoted and super early on. Don't want to get too excited, but uh, you know they're currently sitting in fourth place in the table and they don't look out of place in the Spy Liga. So, you know, if you're looking for a, a German team to support or some, if you want to watch games that are on ESPN Plus and you're looking for an interesting team, Kaiserslautern is the biggest congregation of Americans outside the United States. So this is basically little America out here. And it's, it's, it's amazing to see a team and a fan base with such history kind of getting themselves one step closer to hopefully returning to the Bundesliga in full glory. So hopefully they keep it up. Looking forward to watching them next week. And I will wrap it up myself by just sort of, uh, you know, encouraging everyone if they like what they're seeing to, you know, give consider subscribing uh, so you get a chance to sort of listen to us more, watch us more on YouTube. Um, consider supporting us on sp- Patreon. We really appreciate that, uh, especially with these international windows coming up. We're going to try to have boots on the ground in these uh, two international friendlies. Um, will be really awesome to see. And be sure to check out the new content coming out. We are hopefully going to have our next community roster poll dropping on Wednesday. So make sure to head to the discord and look out for that. I plan to drop it after we get our, after the Rangers match ends in the champions league promotion um, uh, playoffs right now. So be on the lookout for that. And thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, We will catch you guys next time. Servus. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.